First of all, let's just begin with a word of prayer. Father, what an honor to be in your house today. What an honor it is. Lord, may we never take lightly the blessing that we have to come into your house, into worship, in song, in giving, in the word, in being with other brothers and sisters in Christ that we encourage one another. And we're just grateful for this opportunity even today. And Lord, we're just so thankful for this month where we're focusing on missions. We're focusing on that command that you gave us in Scripture to go. And Lord, we just ask God that this would be a church filled with going people, that we're going individually, but we're also going by sending people. And Lord, we're just so grateful. Just ask for your blessing on this word today. And Lord, we just ask that you would um, anoint your word and that you'd speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Well, tell your neighbor, thanks for coming this morning. Right now, just say, hey, thanks for coming this morning. Hey, got a question for you. Got a question for you. Have you ever faced something, everybody say this word together, have you ever faced something so big, oh yes, that it left you feeling like this guy here? This is too much, overwhelmed, okay? So, so big, you're thinking, I'm not even sure that I'm going to be able to pull this off. It's so big. I'm overwhelmed. It could be a job. It could be an assignment that you've been given. It could be a responsibility. It could even be your schedule. I was thinking about it this week. For example, I remember a couple years back when our oldest son was a senior in college, okay? He and I would talk often on the telephone, and there would be times when I would ask him, how are things going for you? And I could tell that he was overwhelmed. And one of the things he was overwhelmed with is he was overwhelmed with his schedule. And I thought about it. He was a full-time schedule, or he was a full-time student. And he wasn't one of these guys that said, C's get a degree. He always seemed like he had to take it to the next level, and he did, and we're very proud of him. But he also had two jobs. He had a, a job in downtown Chicago. Then he had a job on campus and not including all the commuting back and forth, he was working 40 hours a week. So he was a full-time student, and he was a full-time employee at two different places, working 40 hours a week. And I could tell there was weeks when it was just becoming too much. It was getting heavy. It was too big, and he felt overwhelmed. And here's what I would often do. We had this conversation dozens of times, this conversation that I want to let you in on this morning. I would say this, I would ask Grant this question. I'd say, Grant... How do you eat an elephant? Has anybody ever heard that question before? How do you eat an elephant? Basically, what I was asking Grant, Grant, what's your plan for getting everything done that you need to get done? And his response would be, and we would kind of laugh as he would respond. He would say, Dad, you eat an elephant. How many people know how you eat an elephant? Everybody together. One bite at a time. That's exactly it. Meaning, okay, this is how I'm going to do all the things I have to do. I'm going to do it one step at a time, one doable step at a time. So you're thinking, okay, why do you bring up that story? The reason I bring up this story is because two weeks ago, we opened our missions convention with a message. And our message two weeks ago, if you remembered, was simply the two-word question, why missions? Why missions? And to answer that question, what we did is we went to Scripture, because we believe Scripture is our authority, our foundation And we went directly to the words of Jesus found in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Okay, Mark 16, 15. 
And these are the words that Jesus shared with his disciples somewhere in that 40-day period between his resurrection and his ascension. The Bible says that Jesus appeared to more than 500 believers. And in one of those days, he addresses the 11 disciples with these words. And I want to look at it. It says, and then he told them, Jesus said, go. Can we all say that together this morning? Go, okay? I want to let you know this is a word that should be in the vocabulary of every Christian. In our vocabulary should be the word go. So can we say it one more time? Go. And he says, hey, to these disciples, go into all the world. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to preach the good news to everyone. And I never get sick of doing this, so I'm going to do it one more time because I want to make sure Journey Church people understand this. And that is the gospel is what? What is the good news? The good news is simply this, that Jesus Christ died on the cross as a payment for our sins. Does everybody in Journey Church understand that this morning? The good news is that Jesus died on the cross for a payment for our sins because here was the deal. We owed a debt we could not pay. And the good news is he paid a debt he did not owe. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Amen. And because of that, now we can have peace with God. We can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Not because of what we do or what we can do or try to do. Only way we have peace with God is because Jesus went to the cross. And on the cross, his blood poured out was the payment that had to be paid for each and every person's sin. So in this one verse, this verse we just looked at, this one verse Jesus is commanding the 11 original disciples, guys, you're not going to stick around here. You're going to go. But I want to let you know this command is not only for those 11 disciples. This is a command for all of us who have said yes to Jesus. Even as we sit here 21 generations later, the command today is still the same. And the command for all believers is we need to go. We need to go where? We need to go into the world and do what? We need to tell people about the good news. And that is the good news that Jesus died on the cross for the payment of our sins, okay? And as I mentioned two weeks ago, the world that we're called to go into is currently made up of 7.9 billion people. How many people know that's a lot of people? 7.9 billion people are on planet Earth And here's the thing about each one of these people. Each one of these people have a name. Greg, Bobby, Peter, Cindy, Jan, (laughs) Marsha. Some of you are like, why are they laughing? Well, you have to be a kid of the 70s, okay? Ask them later, okay? It was funny, by the way. Let's move on. (laughs) Everybody has a name. But here's what I also want to tell you. Every name has a story. Every name has a story, and those stories are made up of highs, and those stories are made up of lows. Those stories are made up of great victories, but those stories are also made up of defeats. And here's the thing that just blows me away, and that is the goodness of our God, and that is that all those stories, the story of 7.9 billion people, all those stories matter to God. Amen? Every single one of those stories, regardless of their skin color, their race, their nation, all those stories, hands down, 
matter to God. And the story is that we need to tell people, that's why we're called to go and tell these people that there's good news. And the good news is that you can have peace with God through Jesus Christ because there's a lot of people that have never heard those words, maybe not even your neighbor or your coworker, okay? So here's what I've been thinking about all week. I don't know about you, but at times that seems overwhelming. Does that overwhelm anyone besides me? You think about it. I don't know, how am I going to reach 7.9 billion people? And I, don't, I get overwhelmed with the magnitude of this need. And sometimes it seems like that big, big elephant in my life. And I feel so overwhelmed that I think, how could someone like me make a difference? How can somebody from Dayton, Ohio make a difference in reaching 7.9 billion people? And as a result, a lot of times what we want to do is we want to hand the ball off. And we want to hand the ball off to a missionary. Peter, you go. Or we want to hand the ball off to an evangelist, Jono. By the way, did you love Jono last week? Wasn't he amazing? We want to hand the ball off to Jono and say, you go, Jono. Or we want to hand the ball off to a pastor and say, pastor, that's your, you're a paid professional. But I want to let you know, we're all called. Everyone who has said yes to Jesus Christ is called to go, to go and make a difference. And I think the truth be told, I'm not the only one at times that feels overwhelmed. I think a lot of us feel overwhelmed. And here's the deal. As a result, we end up doing very little, if anything, because we think, what difference could I make? What difference could one person make? So we end up doing nothing. So here's what I've done is I come to you this morning with a question. And basically, it's the same question that I would ask Grant, but we're going to put this question in a different context. And my question to all of us this morning is this. When you think about the magnitude of what we're called to do, my question is, how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? Or let me ask it this way. How do you go into all the world and share the good news with 7.9 billion people? And here's my answer. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it this way. Is everybody listening? Lean in. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it one person at a time. So everybody got that this morning? One person at a time. Or let me say it this way. We're going to do it one friend at a time. We're going to do it one coworker at a time. We're going to do it one neighbor as a time. We're going to do it one relative as a, at a time. We're going to do it one school acquaintance at a time. Basically what I'm saying We're going to go out and reach the world because each one of us goes to one other person at a time, okay? And by the way, the Greek word for what I'm trying to get to this morning is a word that I want to introduce to you this morning, and hopefully it's a word that Journey Church, we never forget from this day forward. I was going to say, if you ever get a tattoo, but I'm not promoting tattoos here, okay? But anyway, tattoo it in your mind, in your brain, and this is the word I want to introduce you to this morning, and the word is oikos. Everybody say that word together, oikos. Basically, the way you spell it, it's a Greek word, so if you're taking notes, because you're going to talk about this in your small group this week, if you're taking notes, the word that I want to introduce you to is a Greek word called oikos. It's O-I-K-O-S, O-I-K-O-S. So what is oikos? Well, I'll show you what oikos is not, okay? 
Oikos is not yogurt. That's not what we're talking about this morning, okay? Yes, I say, yeah, eat yogurt. It's probably good for you, but that's not what we're talking about. The oikos that I want to introduce you to this morning is right here. Oikos is your inner circle. Oikos is your extended family. That's what it means in the Greek, extended family. Your oikos is your relational world. Your oikos is your circle of influence. Here's the deal. God has given each and every one of us influence over a group of people with a group of people, okay? I want to make this super duper clear this morning. You, my friend, believe it or not, you may be the most introverted person, but every one of us in this room, everybody watching online today throughout the week, I want to make it super clear No one's exempt from this. You have influence. You are a very influential person. You are a very, very influential person. You are more influential than you can imagine, okay? But here's the deal you got. This is what you got to settle. Not if you're influential. The issue you got to settle is what kind of influence will you be? Will you be a good influence or negative influence? Will you be an influence for light or will you be an influence for darkness? Will you be an influence for what is right or will you be an influence for what is wrong? All of us are very influential people. God has given you influence over a group of people, with a group of people. And I believe if we're going to reach 7.9 billion people, the place for each and every one of us to start is right where God has planted you today and this week. Has everybody got that this morning? You have an oikos right where you're at. And by the way, this whole idea, this whole word of oikos is seen throughout the New Testament. I can share with you several, several, several dozens of examples of oikos, but we don't have time for that today, so I'm going to share with you one of my favorites And it's a story that comes out of Acts chapter 10. So if you're taking notes for your small group, because Pastor Vicky told you to, okay, Acts chapter 10 is what we're going to look at today. Acts chapter 10, there's a story of a guy named Cornelius. Has anybody heard that name before, Cornelius? Let's talk about Cornelius. Who was Cornelius? Let me just say it this way. We're not going to read all the scripture because it covers a whole chapter, so I'm just going to highlight certain bullet points. Cornelius was a sharp guy, okay? He was a Roman military officer, so I want to let you know he was a man of great authority. He was a man who had great responsibility. He was a man that was well-respected by his peers. If we were to know Cornelius today, we would be impressed, impressed, super impressed with his credentials, okay? The Bible also says right there in Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius was a God-fearing man. And in the Greek, that means he was a very ethical person, highly ethical, okay? The Bible also tells us that Cornelius was a man that prayed. We're told in the text that he prayed to God on a regular basis. One last thing I want us to see from Scripture about Cornelius, the Bible tells us that Cornelius was very generous with the poor. He continually gave to the poor, gave to the poor, But there's one big deficit. There's one big area of need in Cornelius' life. Great guy. This is the guy you would love to have as a neighbor. This is the guy that you would be impressed with. This was the guy that you'd say, man, he's got it together. 
But there was one big deficit in his life. And the big deficit is he never had the opportunity to hear the good news. He never heard the good news. So God was going to take care of that. And what God did one day is he came to Cornelius in a vision. He has a vision. And in his vision, this angel instructs Cornelius to send some of those guys under your authority. I want you to send them to a city called Joppa. So right now they're in Caesarea. Joppa is a city about 32 miles south of Caesarea, Joppa. And when you get to Joppa, what I want you to do is I want you to go and I want you to look for a guy named Peter. You're saying, well, who's Peter? We know Peter today is what? One of the disciples. One of those guys in Mark chapter 16 where he heard Jesus say, go. Well, this is the Peter that God is sending Cornelius' men to. So they respond quickly. They set out to Joppa on this journey overnight. But the very next day, Peter, the other piece of the puzzle, Peter, he also has a vision, okay? And in his vision, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to him. And the Holy Spirit tells him, hey, um, Peter, there's three men right outside your door, and they're looking for you. And he commands them, I want you to go to these men without hesitation. So Peter comes out of this trance, and immediately he responds to the Holy Spirit. He goes down to the door, and sure enough, there's three guys outside the door. And Peter, the first thing he asks of these men is he says, hey, why have you come? And look what it says directly from the text in Acts chapter 10, Acts 10, 22. This was their response when asked why they came. They responded so that he, referring to Cornelius, so that he can hear the message. He had never heard the message as a Roman about Jesus. And that's why they came to Peter, so that he would come and tell him the message. So the next day, Peter, with some of his traveling companions, went to the home of Cornelius. They show up at his home. They've been on this journey. And Cornelius is waiting. He's waiting. He's saying, I know they're coming, but here's the deal. And I want you to get this. This is a super important detail to the story. It's very important. He's not waiting alone. But look at what it says in verse 24. Cornelius, in the meantime, had called together his relatives, and he called together his close friends. Let me say it in today's vernacular in this message. He called together his what? His oikos. Those people that he had influence with. His relatives, his close friends. He knew that Peter was coming with a message and he didn't want to keep the message to himself. He wanted those that were close to him, those that he had influence with. He wanted to make sure that they also heard the message when Peter arrived. And then as we move on to the story, here in the setting, Peter shows up, and he shares the message of good news. Look at verse 36. And here's the message that Peter shared with that group of people that day in Acts 10. And that is the message that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. Those people had never heard that message. They were good moral people. They were ethical people. They gave to the poor. They prayed to God. We would say amazing church attenders, but there was one big gap. They never heard that you can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That fell on their ears for the very first time. I would 
dare to guess that there's people in your life that are good people, ethical people, moral people, people you would be impressed with. We would be impressed if they came into this room. But could it be that some of those same people have never heard that that they can have peace with God through Jesus? Sometimes we think because we have, they have, but I don't want us to be mistaken. There's a lot of people who have not. And as a result, here's what happened. They believed in Christ. And the Bible said not only Cornelius, but all those who were gathered believed. And as a result, the Bible says they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They attained salvation. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So listen very carefully. We're not going to be much longer. Here's what I want to say, and I want this to really strike home with us, okay? By the way, I heard a statistic this week that I thought was very good about people being present. And the statistic was that most of the people that sit in your pews, yes, they are physically there, but 49% of them are gone mentally. So everybody, come on back, okay? Come on back, because we're almost, we're going to land this plane here. Is everybody ready? So jab your neighbor in the side, wake him up, say, you need to hear this. This is super important, okay? Here's what I want you to hear. Not only did Cornelius say yes to the good news, so did many of his relatives and friends. And the reason why those relatives and friends were able to say yes to Jesus is because Cornelius cared enough, cared enough to say, hey, you come too. I'm going to give you an invitation to hear what I hear, and let's see what God does. And that's why these people gave their life to Christ, because Cornelius engaged in his oikos. Those people, those co-workers, relatives, family members, and said, hey, come, come and hear. Here's a statistic that I think is going to blow you away. Did you know, D-Y-K, did you know that if I lined this room with 100 people and I had them stand as far close to the wall as possible, if I had 100 people stand as close to the wall as possible and I asked them this question, did you come to Christ? How did you come to Christ? 95 out of those 100 people would take a step into the middle room if I said, did you come to Christ because you had a personal relationship with a believer before you came to Christ? 95 out of 100 people would step into the circle and say, yes, I gave my life to Christ because I had a personal relationship with a Christian first. It's not like people get up and they say all of a sudden in their sinfulness, I'm going to go to church this morning out of the blue. Can that happen? Absolutely. We heard of people last night with Peter who have dreams about Jesus, these Muslim people. God's doing miraculous things. But for the large part, 95% of people, the way they came to Christ is because, first of all, it was preceded that they had a personal relationship with another believer. I'm standing here today preaching God's word. Why? Because of my parents. There's certainly, I had a personal, by the way, I had a personal relationship with my parents. Aren't you glad? Let me just, let's just, um, let's just kind of test this right now. Let's just test this right now. I want you to raise your hand. Be careful what you're raising your hand to. And that is, how many people would raise their hand and say, you know, I came to Christ because 
of some form of personal relationship with someone else who was a believer. Put your hands down. Friends, that's called oikos. That's people reaching out to people in their circle of influence and sharing with them the good news. So here's what I want you to do. What I want to do is I want to challenge you. And I want to challenge me. I want to challenge us as a church. And I want to go back to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And the challenge for every Christian, like it or not, uncomfortable with it or not, because there's times that I'm, un- I'm nervous about it or uncomfortable with it. But the command for everyone who is, has put their faith in Christ, the command for even the most introverted person, the command is what? Everybody say it together. The command's to go. The command's to go. So here's what I want to do. is I, We're going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. So um, on the way in this morning, you should have received some cards. Did everybody see, receive some cards? If you haven't, Ashton, you still have those cards available? Okay, Ashton's going to just kind of be their usher today. If you have not received a card, make sure you raise your hand. And by the way, this isn't a church growth tactic. This is all of us being engaged with what God's calling us to, okay? Is everybody ready? On the card, you're going to see on the front side, it's called my mission field, my oikos. And we're going to make it real simple. Many people have said you have, all of us have eight to 15 people that God has supernaturally and strategically placed in our relational world. I'm going to help you out. We're going to go with three, okay? So what I want you to do in the next day, two days, weeks, is I want you to begin to pray, Lord, who do you want me to go to? And I want to let you know that can cover a variety of people. That can cover somebody who right now they say they're atheists or agnostic. It could cover somebody that, you know, they grew up in a Christian home, but right now they're not engaged with Christ. There is so much variety that you could put on this card. I'm not going to limit it to just a certain group, but there's people that God has placed in your life that what they need is they need somebody enough to care. So I want you to put three names on this card this week, okay? And um, then turn to the other side of the card. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do three things with these three people. Hey, why don't we make the challenge that we're going to give this a shot all the way through 2022? Not just one week. It won't work with just one week. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some investment. And what I'm going to ask you to do, number one, be a blessing to these people. Invest in their lives, okay? Invest in their lives, you're going to be kind. You're going to, you're going to just be there for them. I heard a story this week that blew me away. It was a story of a pastor, and he had a hairdresser. And his hairdresser was not a believer. She was actually a very immoral young lady. And she was actually super nervous, super nervous when he would come to get his haircut because she just felt that he would be super judgmental. By the way, Christians aren't like that, are they? Oh, no, they're not like that. But anyway, she would just, or maybe it was conviction. So what happened, she kept him, and he would keep coming in. And what happened is she be, he would begin to ask about her family. She was a single mother. She had a young son, elementary age. And so what he would do, he would get this idea that I'm going to, every, every like Christmas, birthdays, special days, I'm going to go in and I'm going to give her a gift certificate that she can give to her son 
so that her son can go to a store and buy a gift. Great idea, great idea. So what happened, for over two years this happened. I mean, there was no change, but for two years he just showed generosity, he just showed kindness, he was just real with this lady. He wasn't condemning, he was loving, all those great things. But she was getting all these gifts for her son. Then one day out of the blue, two years into the journey, she all of a sudden asked the question, um, by the way, um, what's the name of the church you pastor? And then she, he told her and she said, she asked, can I come? And he said, no, I'm only kidding. So he came, she came and that morning she showed up with her son and she showed up with her boyfriend. And that morning, that very first morning, when there was a time to receive Christ as their personal Savior and their Lord, he said, I saw their hands go up in the air. And they accepted Jesus as their Savior, the Lord of their life. Why? For two years, because there was somebody showing kindness and caring and investing. And a couple months later, she came up and said, Pastor, I want to set a good example for my son, and I want to marry my boyfriend. And they got married, and it became this beautiful family that is now serving Jesus. Folks, opportunities abound. Does everybody believe me this morning? Opportunities are everywhere. If you're living and breathing, you have influence, you have opportunities. So list three people that say, I'm going to zero in on these three people, and I'm going to just bless them, bless them, kindness, love, generosity. Number two, pray for them on a regular basis. How many people know John in his gospel says this several times? He says this statement, no one comes to me unless they're what? Drawn by the Father. We got to pray, God, draw people to Christ. So pray for them on a regular basis, on a regular basis. And then on special times, invite them to church. Invite them to a special event. And by the way, that's the second card that you have received this morning, is we went out and we got these invite cards, these invite cards made for you. An easy way that you could just hand this to a hairdresser, you can hand it to a neighbor, you can hand it to a coworker. But after you've done all these things, you've set the soil, you've worked the soil, you've been kind, you've been praying, the door opens and you say, hey, I want to invite you to come. And I'll tell you what, we'll do our best when they come to present the good news that Jesus went to the cross to pay for their sins so that they can have peace with God. Amen? So I want to engage you. I want to double dog dare you. We even have a card like this one, this card right here, our Wednesday, our Wednesday night ministries next gen. If you know a family that has a youngster in the age groups of what, four to 12, 4K to 12th grade, hand them this card. Say, hey, we want to invite your kid to come. We have a wonderful kids ministry. Folks, it's time for the church to go, to go, to relentlessly just say, we're going to go, go, go. We're going to be a part of what God's doing. And I want to let you know, this will lead to an exciting lifestyle. It will be the adventure of a lifetime when you invest in the salvation of somebody else. Amen? So that's what I want to encourage you to do. Take that card with you. Put the names on the card. Begin to be proactive. Say, God, I want to step up. I want to be in the game. God, I want to go. 
And God, give me the people's names. God, you deposit those things in me. God, put it in my heart. Who do you want me to go to? So that's my challenge. We're going to talk about this throughout the year. So when I refer to oikos, you know I'm referring to those people that God has strategically and supernaturally placed in your relationship world because you may be the only Bible they ever read. You may be the only believer who has a full understanding of what the good news is. Folks, we have this amazing privilege, this amazing responsibility to go. So let's bow our heads this morning as we, as we close this morning. And I just want to say this as we close. Even though there are 7.9 billion people inhabiting planet Earth this morning, I want to say this loud and clear to every single person, even those online right now, I want to say this, God knows God knows you. He knows your name. He even knows your story. He knows the highs of your life. He knows the lows of your life. He knows the victories, and thank God for the victories. But he also knows the defeats, the heartaches, the heaviness. God knows. I just believe there's some people today in this room watching online, you need to hear this today, that God knows about you. He knows your name. He knows your story. He knows your story. But here's the great news. Your story matters to him. Your story matters to God. You don't have to go through this life alone. You don't have to try to figure it out in your own power, your own might, your own abilities. I want to let you know there's a God who wants to come. And he wants to come into your life. And actually, believe it or not, Scripture says that he wants to be your friend. And that's all possible because God sent his son Jesus to come to the cross to pay the payment for our sins so that we can have peace with God. I want to let you know God cares. God cares for you. And if you've never received that message before, you've never heard the clarity that Jesus went to the cross to pay my penalty, the penalty for my sins. You never heard that today and you want to respond to that. What a great day it would be just to say, you know what? I want to start this relationship with God today. Is there anybody in this room today that would say, you know what? I want to start my journey with God today. I want to ask Jesus into my life anyone in the room today? Is there anyone in the room today that you said, yes, I've done that, but man, it's been difficult. It's been super challenging lately. And would you please pray for me today? I need prayer. So when we all stand to our feet this morning, the whole theme of our missions convention is we are called to go. We are called to go to everyone. We are called to go with the good news. And I love how Jesus says it in Acts chapter 1. Start right there in Jerusalem. Right where you're at. Start in Jerusalem. Go into Jerusalem. That's really what we're talking about with Oikos. That's your Jerusalem. That's your place right in your life. God is calling you. So, Lord, we just ask, God, that you would give us the courage 
God, that you'd give us the wisdom to step up and follow your command to go and to reach out to other people, to be able to share the love of Jesus with them. And Lord, we just ask that you would be with us as we begin to pray and seek after you. Who, who are those people you want us to go to? So Lord, I just ask that you'd be with us in this journey. In Jesus' name. Hey, let's pray this prayer we love to close with every Sunday morning. It's the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught us. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and all the power and all the glory forever and ever. Amen.